Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the opening weekend show, Mountain West Wire, MWCWire.com. Matt Kennerly with myself, Jeremy Moss. We made it. Offseason is over. We have three games, despite ESPN not caring about any games this weekend. Any games. Yeah, what's the deal with that? They must hate South Florida, San Jose State, uh, Colorado State, the Pac-12, BYU, despite them. There's a game on their channel. BYU plays Portland State, but they don't seem to care. We will love them (laughs) twice as much as they hate those teams. Definitely, and we also got um, your your Twitter, your retweet about that on our account at MWCR got a lot of traction today. People seem to like it. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you're talking about what ten different fan bases that are basically being overlooked, including three of our own. It's a little much, don't you think? Exactly. You would think, like, especially I get it's not the huge weekend of games like the official week one, but. They put more effort into the FCS game, like North. It wasn't a North Dakota State, um, Eastern Washington game a couple of years ago that kind of started this thing. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. And they put a lot of press into that. It's like, come on, yes, I get these games on CBS Sports Network, but come on, you got Stanford or Rice on your own network. What's the deal? <sighs> anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Here's the show. Football's here. We got three games this weekend. So that means this show will not be 95 minutes because we don't have a dozen games to talk about. But check us out at Facebook, Mountain West Wire, MWCWire Twitter. If you want to give us a couple bucks on Patreon, that's also backslash MWCWire. We've got a few people there. We have a fantasy football league we have people signed up for, so that'll be exciting. And let's get to this. Since we talked about Facebook, did you hear the news today, Matt? There are half a dozen games on that. Facebook. Now. I'm actually very excited. Same. Uh, it's just, you know, one more tab to keep open on my laptop all Saturday long. Exactly. So it's done by stadium. Do you know if this, I assume they're also doing Twitter game for the Mountain West? Cause they're like trickling these things out. Like the wet bandits in home alone, the amount of water I mean, you would think, games that are but, being released. <laughs> you know, the way that news seems to come out these days, we're like less than three days now from you know, this start of the season and we still don't know what some of these game times are or how they're going to be broadcast. But what can you do? I mean, they will find a way into your eyeballs one way or another. Put it this way. It's a pleasant surprise once you see more games can be watched, right? So the games we have, it's it's a blessing and a curse because if it's on Mm -hmm. Facebook, that means everybody can watch anywhere. However, if you're on Facebook or a streaming game, Particularly with the Mountain West, it has a better deal than, say, like the Sun Belt or even some Conference USA. If you're on this network, it means two things. You're playing the F. I have a rogue video here. Ugh, Sorry. Rogue autoplay video. <laughs> I'm like, what tab is it? What tab is it? But let me get back to what I was saying. If you're on Facebook or whatever the networks, you're typically playing in. FCS team, 
or you're a bad team. And that means um, Utah State's pretty crappy, right? Or perceived to be crappy with I mean, I don't know if that's on the Facebook. 100% true in this instance because, you know, if you were looking for a way to watch the Rio Grande rivalry, you get New Mexico State at New Mexico. We know New Mexico's going to be pretty good this year. And, you know, we, we talked about Utah State in our team preview. You can go ahead and go back mm-hmm. and listen to that before you get hyped up for this weekend. But, you know, they get their game at home against Wyoming, and we know Wyoming's going to be a team to watch at every opportunity, too. Um, you know, obviously some of the other games might be a little rough. You know, Wyoming's probably going to paste Texas State at the end of the month. You know, Utah State at San Jose State, I think, is going to be a pretty decent game. May not be the most exciting game, but I would still expect them to be able to move the ball and score some points against one another. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're an Aztecs fan and you're not sure whether you're going to be able to get to the game two weekends from now, at least now you know you can watch it one way or another. So, I mean, I think you know if you're a fan of these teams, you're happy that you have a way to watch it that's easily accessible and not say CBS Sports Network with its total absence of streaming i should double check see what streaming they actually have but you're right it's like it's yeah it's more football to watch and like for some people like said like i can't stream cbs sports network nobody can unless you have like uh i think last year i'm gonna check right now to see what it is as we get to these previews here in a second but i think if you had cox and like optimum cable and some random off the wall east coast one you can get it but that's about it but facebook stadium deal which will put games on twitter you're good to go. You can watch all these games. You got the Mountain West Network games that will. They, I'm, I'm betting. Maybe I'm wrong. And I don't know because this is yeah. on Facebook, but this is not a Mountain West because that's the games. And I'm sorry, rambling, but the Mountain West Network games haven't been announced either. And there were those games are on there too at some point. And then there's probably gonna be some games on Twitter. I didn't know Stadium was producing games on Facebook. Is that was it? Were you aware of that? I. I had thought I had heard something about that, but I honestly don't pay that much attention to it. So if it escaped my radar, I wouldn't be surprised. That's okay. I just know they're doing Twitter for sure because they're basically doing 24 hours. Like they have that stadium journey show, whatever, highlight show kind of, the rally, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's called. Whatever they have an evening, like what, 11 Eastern or 1 Eastern or something late at night. But that's about it. I'm checking right now streaming options really quick for CBS Sports Network. I'll get to that in a moment. But um, any other news? Oh, yeah, we got our countdown. We're doing top 50 countdown. Do we want to lead off with that? We should. One quick note. I found it right here really quick. You can get CBS Sports Network streaming via Cox. Buckeye Broadband's new. Never heard of it. Fubo TV. I've heard of that. That's one we did not discuss. They used to be just like a football-only channel, like for if you want to watch international hmm. soccer. Or international football. But I guess they have, CB, they have CBS as well. Frontier, which is not too decent size. Mediacom, never heard of it. Suddenlink, who are you? Wow. I'm saying exactly as it's as it's written. Wow, wow. with the exclamation point. <laughs> Optimum and, yeah, wow, question mark. You're not excited. Hulu as well and Optimum. So, you would, at this day and age, you think if you have a, if you're able to access the channel one way, to be able to access it online. There's that TV Anywhere thing that's supposed to be up and running, I guess, but whatever. Top 50 countdown. We're at number – should we do top top five? Yeah, I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, I believe we will be officially at number three. Don't quote me on that, but we can talk the top five. We'll talk top five. So number five, not Devontae Boyd. 
He's number six, UNLV. Number five, Andrew Wingard, free safety, Wyoming. Preseason defensive player of the year. Might still be a little too low, if you ask me. Where would you where did you rank him at? I I don't have my rankings in front of me. I'm pretty sure I had him fourth. I should have mine in front of me, I don't know, but five. I have no problem with him or David Moa being switched. Because I think nationally, Wingard probably get better, more publicity as well. I mean, I think Moa though at number four is you know kind of well deserving of that spot because he basically came out of nowhere last year to be the conference's best pass rusher, and you know now that he's in a position where he doesn't necessarily have to play nose tackle anymore, if the guys alongside him can stay healthy, like guys like Jabril Frazier and stuff like that, he could have an even bigger year this year, which is kind of hard to imagine. Maybe, or, or I could see him not being as good just because with the they do lose a lot of talent defensively and teams will focus on it. But regardless, here's the thing. If you're a defensive lineman, you either get your name called a lot because you do great like Moa did, or if you don't, it's because you're getting double or triple teamed and another player on your team is opened up to make big plays. So it's a win-win, essentially. Mm-hmm. You're doing your job one way or another. So, so number three, who is that? Number three is San Diego State's Rashad Penny. With him not returning kicks, would that have changed your pick at all if he's, since he's now primarily a running back? I mean, maybe a little bit. I don't know if I would have dropped him any more than one or two spots because I still expect him to probably be the odds-on favorite to lead the conference in rushing anyway. And, you know, even if he doesn't top 2,000 yards like Danell Pumphrey did last year, he's still probably going to be really, really good regardless. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. Like, you could, because he was preseason running back, one of the first, him, him and uh, St. Juice running back for the first team there. And so it, it's, he's not going to put up Pumphrey numbers, but if you're a good running back on a team that's that's knowingly going to run the ball, what else are you going to do? It's He's going to be up there. Mm-hmm. So, number two, so we're down to two players left, Josh Allen or Brett Rippon. And I should point it out, and I'll point it out in the article once I post it as well, the two of them were separated by one point. One point. One point. So, number two was, who was it? Number two was Josh Allen. And Boise State gets the credit again for number one because they're Boise State. Is that how it went down? <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a matter of the fact that, you know, Brett Rippon was the freshman of the year two years ago, and he was probably the conference's best quarterback, you know, just looking at the overall numbers last year. You know, he has a little bit better track record than Josh Allen does. And while Josh Allen obviously has the tools that, you know, NFL draft next are already looking forward to, you know, picking nipping at for basically the next year. You know, Brett Rippins, you know, with you know, the college offense that he's running with the talent around him, I think he's the pretty obvious choice, if I'm being totally honest. I would say with uh, Brett Rippin's stat, he's a better college quarterback. But if you listen to our show with Justin Mello, he thinks he has Josh Allen number one overall. 
next year in the NFL draft. And it's two different they're two different games. Like we discussed the, as well. You watch the college game, NFL game, well it's the same sport. It's really not the same sport because you have New Mexico, Georgia Tech, Army, Navy, Washington State doing what they're doing, Texas Tech. Then you'll have teams like USC and Wyoming and UCLA. All different parts of the game. It's still football, but it's a completely mm-hmm. different game. But and for the for this list, I have no problem with Rippin being number one. He's a better college quarterback, better stats, better numbers for the most part, better completion percentage, which is a big deal. And I think he'll have better numbers than Allen this year, so There we go. Go Brent Rippin, right? Is that how it works? Am I the Boise Homer now again? We're well, everybody should know by now that we're biased against their team. So <laughs> Exactly. So one thing I'm going to throw this on you really quick because we didn't discuss this in our mega preview show. We have bull, I put out bowl projections. There are five bowl tie-ins. I put seven teams going bowling. Is that any chance of happening? I mean, I think that's reasonable if you expect Hawaii to crack 500 again. And, you know, if the mountain basically dominates the West again in interdivision play in a similar fashion to what they did last year... You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see five teams in the mountain finish six and six or better. That's actually, I believe, what my projection has. I went with seven because there's been seven since 2014 each year, or since 20, yeah, 2014. And even though there's only five bowl tie-ins, I, I, my prediction was Frisco Bowl because they've not large bid, and then also take in that Cactus Bowl spot again. I think the only way that doesn't happen again is that if someone from the West surprises and pulls a couple of upsets this year, you know, whether that's, you know, Nevada, who's had, a, you know, some pockets of, you know, optimism that I don't necessarily share, but, you know, there are some people out there who think that they could easily rebound to six and six, or whether that's, you know, UNLV, who may not have a great defense, but can score enough points to win six games. To me, those are probably. I am officially. I'm officially being quiet on UNLV because apparently I hate them. Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, if one of those two teams, I think, if they can sneak to, you know, even five wins apiece, you know, that could take away from, you know, a team like Air Force or New Mexico or, you know, at least in my opinion, Wyoming from you know, getting to six or seven wins, but we'll see how that shakes out. Remember my, one of my kind of bold predictions, no bowl game for Wyoming. He said it, not me. I did predict them for what it's worth. Here's what I had for the bowl projections. Okay. And I will do these every week because they'll change and I'll probably do them even after this opening week. Cause there's three mountain West teams and South Florida is a pretty big opponent and a team that mountain West will be chasing. I went with, uh, everybody knows I like the Rams win the league, so I put CSU versus UCLA in the Las Vegas Bowl. Mm-hmm. So you got Nick Stevens, Josh Rosen matchup. That should be pretty interesting. Then I put San Diego State versus Ohio in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl for versus Mac number two. If Ohio's Mac number two, it, that should always be a good matchup. And then for the New Mexico Bowl, I love this matchup. It's kind of me putting it there because it could happen, and I think it'd be a, a vastly underrated game. Boise State taking on Middle Tennessee State. That would be a game I would watch. I'm a Brent Stock still fan. That's why I ranked them 25th in my super early preseason poll 
back in January. And then Hawaii Bowl, Hawaii versus Temple. Sure. Um, Air Force versus Idaho in the uh, Arizona Bowl. Can I just add that Air Force would probably hate going to the Arizona Bowl again? Did they go there last year? They went. Yeah, they did. Oh, maybe that. Maybe I should switch it up. It's it's preseason. Give me a break. Well, you. I mean, you, first go bowl. I was going to say because oh, I remember the Air Force fans felt slighted being you know a nine win team going into the bowl game and being stuck with you know the the <laughs> the bowl game that didn't have a TV deal last year. Hey, it's on CBS Sports Network this year, folks. That's true. And apparently, there's a is there a press conference tomorrow on this? I guess on Thursday for the bowl game. Uh, all it says is, you know, if you're not following the Arizona Bowl on Twitter at Nova AZ Bowl, it just says that they're having a press conference to discuss everything coming up for this year's edition. So tune into that. So we do know it's on CBS Sports okay. Network. Next. Next up, we have really, and I think it'd be an interesting matchup. And then I think I may have made an error on this one: um, New Mexico versus Tulsa in the Frisco Bowl. Does New Mexico play Tulsa this yes, year already? They do. Dang it! Well, rematches can happen, right? They're not that no, they happen overly rare, are they? I'll have to make an adjustment. I did have, for what it's worth, I did have Tulsa versus Hawaii. In the Hawaii Bowl, maybe I could switch those up. Maybe Temple versus New Mexico. Because they're both American teams. Alright. So that's a possibility. And then the Cactus Bowl, Wyoming versus TCU. Old school Mountain West. So, yeah, for the brief moment, TCU was in the league. <laughs> I went with that because I think a pa- Washington will make the Rose Bowl for the Pac-12 um, being winning the Pac-12. But I also think USC will get to a big bowl game as well. And so it's like what happened last year where trickle-down effect, there's not enough teams. It's mm-hmm. actually, uh, I think it's Pac-12-7. And so that's what we're doing here. That's how that works. And here's what we're doing really quick, just because I'm going to mention it now, just so we can, so when we go forward, um, for the rest of the show, you won't really know. You'll know what's going on this week and next week. We're going to break up each preview to its own little section. So up next, depending on how you're listening to this, you I'm going to make it tricky for people. because So everybody can hear the open, which is awesome, this part. You'll either hear, depending on your team, if you listen to it all the way through, that's awesome. That's great. But if you want to listen to your team, it might be your team next. It might be South Florida versus San Jose State. It might be a Colorado State, Oregon State. It might be a Hawaii UMass. I don't know. Because I'm going to pause right now. I'm going to the next preview. So if, if you're listening to just your team section, that's what you get. All right, now we're going to talk about Hawaii versus UMass going all the way to the East Coast. <laughs> this is about, I, th- I believe this is the farthest trip they've ever gone. Farthest trip East, anyway. Well, well, yeah, I guess you got Sydney, so that's probably never, it's always never going to be trumped unless they go to, what's farther than Sydney to Hawaii? Um, playing in Africa? Germany? South Africa? Something like that, right? Minsk. Minsk? Why Minsk? Yeah, Russia? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of things that are relatively halfway around the world. That that would be. So this game, you got Hawaii UMass. UMass isn't very good. Newly independent UMass. Currently, oh, we have some interesting line movement here. 
this game really quick kick 6 p.m eastern 3 pacific noon hawaii i'll get the tv info in a second because it's a little uh, tricky but do you know what the line is on this game matt You still with me? I'm still with you, yeah. What is the line on this game? Do you know? Uh, it started at Hawaii minus one, but it has moved to UMass minus one and a half. How is that possible? That is a very good question. I imagine most of it probably has to do with the fact that Hawaii is going six time zones to the east. You know, we talk a lot about how hard it is for a West Coast team to travel to the East Coast and win a game. And this is kind of the exaggerated version of that. So, you know, Hawaii might be the superior team on paper. But with this kind of travel, I think it kind of erases that advantage a little bit, at least. I would say, because they left a couple days ago, I'm assuming, like, if this were week 10, week 6, any other week... I would I'd agree with you, but with them playing opening weekend, I don't see how it's that big of an advantage. I mean, there are some questions that I have about that. Like, one thing that stood out to me when I was researching this game is the fact that Massachusetts is going to be running two quarterbacks out there to start with. Oh, you know, Andrew Andrew Ford was you know the guy who started most of the time last year, and. You know, he, he did okay if you look at the box score. You know, he had, you know, about a 2-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. He completed 60% of his passes. You know, he, he was okay. He probably took way too many sacks. You know, his, his sack rate was a little bit above 8%. But then they have the other guy, you know, coming back, Ross Comis, who started, I believe, the first couple of games last year. It was just not very good. Like, he completed only 40% of his passes. He took 12 sacks and only had 63 attempts. His sack rate was nearly twice as much as Ford's. It was 16%, which is, like, almost unheard of. So, I mean, I'm not totally sure why they would feel compelled to run this kind of quarterback competition. Especially against a Hawaii defense that, you know, was a little bit bend but don't break last year but has you know some pieces that you know if they're if they come ready to play and they're energized could make this experiment go sideways in a hurry yeah and hawaii like i get the travel but playing it's week one i they could do what they want and playing two quarterbacks but i just don't see it never works out very well like even like New Mexico had a strategic plan, like bringing Austin Apodaca to run the ball or pass the ball, and Lamar Jordan runs the ball. But it it never works out. And so UMass, what what was their win total? Like two or three wins projected. Hawaii has the better running back, the better quarterback, the better receiving group. What does UMass have? A tight end and two quarterbacks. That's the thing. A lot of their offense last year went through two guys. You know, Adam Brenneman as a tight end was probably the best in the group of five last year he had 70 catches he had 800 yards eight touchdown he was by far their most effective weapon but between him and andy isabella at receiver you know you're talking about two guys who according to you know the game notes that umass put out they accounted for 52 percent of the total receiving yards that umass had last year so 
if you can slow those two guys down, do we think UMass has anybody else that can step up and kind of shoulder the load? I'm not totally sure. I don't think so. And Hawaii, like, they're not that momentum. Like, here's, like, what I mentioned about Hawaii. Like, not to rehash, like, preseason stuff, even though we're still here with the open weekend. They have a quarterback in place, Drew Brown, which they haven't really had for, like, they had Akeka Woosley and stuff, but he, like, last year was sort of in place, but nobody's really like, oh, he's going to be the guy, he's that good. Or they weren't sure what he had until, hey, we got your Drew Brown character. Stability is a big thing, and them knowing that they have Drew Brown as the guy, just it's complete opposite of UMass. Because, like, it's, I don't know, it's like you got one quarterback, he's the guy, and he's also had a full offseason, spring, all that sort of stuff to be in the guy, unlike last year preparing his backup. And so that, to me, that's probably the biggest advantage. And if you have a way to actually wager money in this game, go pick Hawaii to win. And, like, I guess covering if they win by, if they lose by a point, you're still good, but... They're not going to lose this game. I don't see – am I too confident as saying that? Like, I don't see Hawaii losing this game unless something just drastically or some crazy thing happens in this matchup? The only thing I could think of is, you know, if if Drew Brown isn't quite on the same page with his receivers, you know, there were a couple of instances last year where he didn't have a great day throwing the football. And – he doesn't have Marcus Kemp this time around. Like, obviously, I think very highly of John Ursua. I think Dylan Colley is going to be pretty good as a possession receiver. Amon Barker could be a very potent red zone target. But if he just takes a while to you know, get rolling, you know, that could enable UMass to focus on stopping Diosamy St. Juiced. And while I expect Juiced to kind of get his, you know, all it takes is one or two stops to you know kill a drive change momentum you know and if they find a quarterback you know whether it's comus or ford who has a hot hand you know at that point anything can happen i'm not expecting that to happen but that i think is is the way that it does it it could it could be the case but like these teams like they played last year like here here's the thing or yeah last year well, we liked Hawaii. It was 46-40 last year. Exactly. And that was at home. UMass may have been a, a little bit better, but like I said, unless I, unless UMass sticks to the quarterback and finds a guy like whoever may be if they play well, that could be an issue because Hawaii's defense, they, they've been, they weren't amazing last year. They have a couple good guys on their team, clearly, like in our top 50 countdowns and linebackers and others. The secondary has some pretty good talent. But unless... I basically, like, I maybe I'm being too confident, but I think UMass is just that terrible, and Hawaii is good enough. They went to a bowl game, beat Middle Tennessee State. They have a solid offense. I guess my big concern is, like, with yours a little bit, like the defense, if something goes wrong there, or Ford or whatever, whoever's sticking at quarterback actually does something well, and they stick with that guy. That's how it could win, but that's kind of asking a lot, like, if this one guy plays well, when they're already planning on playing two guys... To me, I don't see – I'm not confident UMass winning. I don't think we're being a homer by saying that Hawaii should win, but give me a really good reason what UMass have – like what position besides tight end does UMass have better than Hawaii? That is a really good question. <laughs> None? Anything? And I don't think they really have much of anything. 
Because, I mean, they have, you know, pretty solid safety in Jesse Montiero, but, you know, Hawaii has Trayvon Henderson back there. And, you know, UMass has a pretty solid inside linebacker in Steve Casale, but Hawaii has Jelani Tavai. So it's it's really hard to answer that question. Maybe Isabella, you know, with the, with the production that he had last year, is a shade better than someone like Ursua. But other than that... Yeah, Ursua is a little unproven. But he's been the star of camp, and it, yeah, like looking at who they have returning. Like a few, I'm trying to look at a few other positions really quick here. A couple receivers clearly they lose most of their offensive line, which doesn't help. Also, so they lose that. They what they bring back? I guess maybe I don't know. They got Shai Kai Holness. Is that how you say his name? Shikai? Shikai Holness had eight t- seven TFLs, two and a half sacks. It's not too bad. Or like Steve Cassell, but like you said, they got uh, Johnny Tavai back there. I don't know. I say Hawaii's going to win, and they're going to win. That one and a half points is ridiculous. And I'm going to say Hawaii's going to win 31-14. to 14. I mean, I think it'll probably be a little closer than that. Because I do expect UMass to maybe make a couple more plays than you do. But I have them winning, I'm just going to say like, you know, 28-17 or something like that. That's still a double-digit game, though. Yeah. So, really quick, as we do this backwards, how do you watch this game, Matt? Do you know how to view this game at all? Uh, I do not have the article in front of me that we wrote about it. I know it's on some network that I probably do not have. Here's what I found out. It is on... There's no Robert Kekalula, which is unfortunate. However, I do like Andy Gresh, so he's on on the call. He's actually... I listen to him quite a bit, or used to on the radio. But it's on something called 11 Sportsnet. Eric, Freddy, and um, Andy Gresh on TV live locally and stateside on Spectrum. And Hawaii Telecom. However, there's there's again, here's a couple options I'm looking at. Video streaming, UMassAthletics.com, probably a cost thing. I know there's games on the uh, Mountain West app. But I don't think this is one of them. I did find out as well, I don't know if this is official, like looking at the, um, what is it, ISU.net, I believe it was, mentioned that it's on like Nesson, Nesson Plus, I believe, mm-hmm. which kind of mean, basically means if you have a sports package and you, the sports pack like the Fox Sports, Comtest Sports, uh, NBC Sports Regionals, those type of channels, you can, if you purchase those, you should be able to get this game on there. That's my best guess. I'm looking at the UMass website right now. It doesn't specifically say. It just mentions it's two days away. Maybe it's a free stream. Maybe it's not. It doesn't um, specify. So I can't really tell you if it costs anything. Usually these um, sports network streaming cost money. So look for that. And we'll update you once we find out more information. Because it's all over the board. But if you're in Hawaii, that's how you can watch the game. You can watch it on spectrum and what was the other channel i mentioned hawaii telecom so you're covered okay hawaii folks cool rainbows are going one and oh that's pretty much our show for tonight we discussed three games and we went about depending what section you're listening to this a good 45 minutes on three games i think matt we're gonna have to tighten this up maybe when we start talking 12 games oh yeah (laughs) we're gonna quick hits and remember the way we're doing this now, we have the full podcast as normal. We're also going to do, if you wanted to listen to 
just San Jose State, South Florida, we'll have that chopped up for you. If you wanted to just hear Colorado State and Oregon State, we got that for you. We'll do that every week because we've heard people who want to hear just their team. So you'll get that portion plus the beginning and the end. So hopefully that works for you. We let us know, right? That's what we want feedback. If you like that or not, leave us a review Please, on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, where else are we at? Blog Talk Radio. You can follow our page on there. Let us know how we're doing. Pocket, Pocket Cast. You got a Podcast Attic. Basically, anywhere you got a podcast, let us know, right? Yes. Give us a review. So we finally made it. The off season is done. It's complete. We're just uh, depending when you listen to this. Could be one day. Could be day of. Could be two days from now. Three games in the books. If you're a Boise State fan, if you're a San Diego State fan, watch some games. I'd maybe focus on watching South Florida to compare yourself a little bit, but know your enemies. Yeah, know you, well. I guess your enemy. Yes, know your enemy, even though you don't play them. But get to know how they probably are overrated. I'm going to say it. That's me, Jeremy Moss, South Florida. Colin, you can come after me. That's okay. I don't care. Probably not listening, but that's. Well, fine. I'm also saying it. Oh, I, there you go. Matt saying it as well that they're overrated. So that's our show for tonight. Um, we will have a recap show Sunday morning. That's kind of our plan. So mid, depending when you get it on your feed, sometime Monday. And we'll be going Wednesday, Sunday. And we made it, folks. The season is here. Let's do this. And, yeah, we're biased against your team, too. <laughs>